How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS-dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. You know, I look back at that and I think that was, that was probably like the day I grew up was the first, the first ambulance call I went on. I really want the student body to understand that we're not just there for students that may have maybe gone through an alcohol-related emergency, but that we're there to support them in any emergency that happens and that we're there as a support system in any time of need, in any crisis, to support them 100%. Hello, and welcome to EMS World Podcasts. I'm Valerie Amato, Assistant Editor of EMS World. In this episode, I sat down with a panel of current and former collegiate EMS providers at EMS World Expo in New Orleans to discuss their highlights and lessons learned while volunteering with student EMS organizations. Our guest students from Tulane University EMS were Cade Herman, Administration Captain, Tommy McDonald, Training Officer, and Jonathan Gann, Crew Chief and Vice Chair of the New Orleans EMS Vigor Council. Our veteran providers, who both volunteered at Syracuse University at different times, included Carl Cowan, Assistant Director of Emergency Management at Harvard Medical School, and Jeff Lucia, a retired paramedic who works in a marketing and consulting role for organizations in the EMS industry. I was really excited to chat with this group because last month I joined the student-run EMS organization at Temple University in Philadelphia, where I'm getting a master in public health degree. So it was really enlightening to hear two generations of providers speak about their experiences running with collegiate EMS systems and the similarities and differences in their perspectives. After the interview, you'll hear my reading of an excerpt from an article in our November 2019 issue titled Back to School. Another Look at College-Based EMS by Barry Backenheimer. Our veterans here, think back and imagine your time at your collegiate EMS system at Syracuse. And our current students, I'd like you to just think about your last few years at the system. What is the first visual that comes to mind? Carl Cowan. Uh, I'm the Assistant Director of Emergency Management at the Harvard Medical School. Uh, as well as a fire and EMS instructor for the New Hampshire State Fire and EMS Academy. I think my most positive memories are the time spent in our quarters, the camaraderie between the students, whether it was training um, or engaging in whatever educational opportunity related to continuing education, enjoying each other's company. It's a, a very unique kind of experience, and it, it breeds a very tight bond between the student providers. It's, it's definitely a, a, a special kind of thing. Hi, I'm Kate Herman with Tulane EMS, and I'm the administrative captain. Every summer, right before school starts, we have an amazing opportunity to go to a local camp, cabins and all, and we host trainings, we go over protocols, and we're also able to sort of talk about how our summer went sort of bond before school year starts and right before we go back into service. That's the first visual that I think of all of us. We get around the um, 
campfire. We have s'mores and um, sort of reflect before we start the school year. Jonathan Gann, junior at Tulane and crew chief with Tulane EMS. When I think of my collegiate EMS experience, first thing that comes to my mind is is what we call the space. It's our central hub for our EMS operations. And whether I'm on or off duty, I always regard it as a place where I can come to see friendly faces, whether I'm having a good day, bad day, need to study. can always walk in, see someone that's going to put a smile on your face, know that you're at home, even if you're away from home, like I came all the, all the way across the country. You're always going to have a supportive environment. People are, are always going to be there for you, whether you've had a rough day, you have a test coming up, had a rough call. That's where your family is. That's your support system. And that's the place you can always call home any time of the day, any time of the week. Thomas McDonald. I'm a senior at Tulane University and the training lieutenant for Tulane Emergency Medical Services. I would say probably the moment that I got into our organization, um, we have like a very thorough selections process with three rounds of interviews. And I remember after the third interview and that moment when you realize that you've been accepted into the organization, you just kind of get bum-rushed, if you will, with all of these people that you don't really know just hugging you and, like, saying, hey, man, like, what's up? How you doing? Like, I'm so happy you're here. And in that moment, you realize that not only are you joining an organization, but it is a family. That warm feeling of being a part of something where you know everybody around you cares about you much more than a surface level has been consistent throughout my three years. Jeff Lucia, I'm an ancient paramedic. (laughs) (laughs) and I'm retired from active field duty and I work in a marketing and consulting role for uh, numerous organizations in the EMS space. So my experience uh, that comes to mind most vividly is similar to what Carl and Jonathan said. It's the, the camaraderie and the feeling of family. And I know it sounds cliched, but you know, there's a special bond that first responders of most stripes have with each other and once you're in it you're in it it's been my experience that you know you're in it for life so i look back at sua as kind of the the formative segment of that experience where i first got to be welcomed and and trusted you know that's a real honor to have that kind of trust placed in you it also was a thing that just i did a lot of growing up because you know i was i think 19. I mean, I got exposed to things that I would never have been, you know, a witness to. And a lot of it is just is human suffering. I think there's something grounding about that. There's something humbling about it to be, you know, right there firsthand to to be part of that and to have a role to play. That's the big responsibility. That was a big deal for a 19 year old. You know, I look back at that and I think that was that was probably like the day I grew up was the first, the first ambulance call I went on. So this is a question for our veterans here. You have a student who is entering a collegiate EMS agency. They ask you, what is your number one piece of advice for me? What do you tell them? I can tell you in one word, balance. Work-life balance. You're in college to get an education, you're making a commitment to the school because you're taking a spot that, you know, they're coveted. There are other applicants who, you know, would take that spot in a second if you hadn't accepted enrollment. 
your family is very likely making a sacrifice. You're, you know, you're certainly um, investing years of your life. There are a lot of things that you get out of college, the college experience, but you're primarily there for the education. And I sound like an old man when I say that, but it is really tempting to be seduced by EMS's tendency to make you feel needed and they're doing something important. It feels good. It's addictive. That balance, if you don't learn it now, EMS's ability to seduce you with the opportunity to be doing something important, to be needed, that should not take uh, away from your primary reason for being in school, which is to get an education. There will always be more EMS calls. I suppose there's always more education out there, but this is the time to, to make that a priority and achieve that balance. I think that's a really important lesson to keep in mind. I would absolutely echo everything that Jeff just shared. Um, I think that especially the collegiate EMS setting, there is such a draw to that camaraderie and the excitement of responding to calls in addition to, you know, the, the positive aspects of serving your community and holding this responsibility within your school's community. I, I think that those things are seductively appealing. I also think that I did not do enough paying attention to my own personal needs. Um, Self-care is real, not just my scholastic needs, but also what were my emotional needs, what were my personal needs. I can guarantee that I had personal relationships outside of SU Ambulance that suffered because of my time commitments. I'm sure that I had family relationships that suffered um, for the amount of time that I volunteered. You just have to, I think, be mindful uh, of the extent to which you are participating in this wonderful opportunity, but also remembering what it is that you're there to do, which is learn. And also be mindful that maybe this isn't what you're going to do as a career. If you are in school to become an aeronautics engineer and you happen to be volunteering on the side and you throw all of your time and energy and commitments to the volunteer piece, then what are you going to have left when or if you get that piece of paper? I wish that I could go back in time and say to younger Carl, hey, pay attention to that sociology minor a little bit more. Think about your agency right now as it is and what you would like it to look like in its most ideal forms. So how do you envision the perfect collegiate EMS system and what specific elements would make it ideal? All right, I think that's a very loaded question. And there are plenty of things that we do embody that I am very proud of. Us being student-run is paramount. We do have faculty members that are there to support us, but they do give us as much autonomy as the university will allow. And that's really fostered a lot of personal and professional growth in all of us, no matter what rank you are, no matter what year you are. Having that student-led component lends itself to student-led training 
I entered the organization with zero EMS experience. I had never been in an ambulance before, but my peers taught me, and now I'm in a position where I can teach the next generation. So that is something that I think a lot about being a senior, being reflective, nostalgic. Those are the things that I love. With that power comes a lot of responsibility, and we really pride ourselves in providing free pre-hospital care and transport to Tulane affiliates, Loyola affiliates, and really anyone in our service area. So that being said, I would like to see more capital improvement, you know, taking care of our units, investing in new units, because we are an asset to the city and to the community. In an ideal situation, we would also have an expanded service area to be more inclusive up the of the uptown area in New Orleans. Um, that would not only provide better care and more affordable access to hospital transports for local residents, but it would also expose us to calls of varying acuities, different chief complaints. So as of now, we have two ambulances. Most EMS agencies include Sprint units. Given our increasing call volume, having Sprint units would be very effective in allowing us to run multiple calls at the same time because as of now due to current constraints if we're on a call the other person waiting in line so to speak is either directed to the municipal EMS agency or asked if they can wait ideally this wouldn't function like a restaurant you have to wait to be seated so having that additional like I said, capital improvement and equipment would be really fundamental for us operating better. We are currently a basic life support agency, and I know that we are more than equipped to take that to the next level and become ALS, something that we're really considering. Logistically, I think it would only provide better care to our students, it would minimize the amount of ALS transfers we would have to do, New Orleans EMS is one of the busiest EMS agencies in the country. We, I think we take a huge burden off of them. More recently, they've been rolling over a lot of their calls to us, which speaks a lot to our ability as an agency and I think substantiates us taking it to the next level. I think one thing I would really personally like to see over the coming years that change is maybe our perception on campus it is a college campus, and as with any college campus, there is partying, there is drinking, and that does transpose to some of our calls. However, there has in past years seemed to be perception that that is the primary amount of our call volume. It's not. It's 28.4%. I really want the student body to understand that we're not just there for students that may have maybe gone through an alcohol-related emergency, but that we're there to support them in any emergency that happens and that we're there as a support system in any time of need, in any crisis, to support them 100%. going to add to that. So our agency is really involved outside of the ambulance as well. We have a statistics committee that is very, very committed to looking at what kind of calls we have. And we are trying to combat that perception by analyzing our chief complaints, putting it out there and making it more accessible to the public. That way they know that we're someone that they can call. But I completely agree with Jonathan that some of these things are really systemic and I'd like to see the university administration 
really publicize what EMS and what Tulane EMS is really about, and that's providing free quality pre-hospital care and transport, no matter what the chief complaint is. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Back to School, Another Look at College-Based EMS by Barry Backenheimer. When students start or return to classes in the fall, an unexpected accident, illness, or injury may become part of their college experience. If this happens, they will go to a campus health center or call 911. While many local EMS systems, fire departments, and ambulance services have colleges within their response areas, a growing number of campuses also have student-run services that provide EMS to their fellow students, faculty, and university guests. According to the National Collegiate EMS Foundation, an umbrella organization for college EMS founded in 1993, there are more than 250 college-based EMS units in the United States, ranging from standby groups with jump bags to ALS services with multiple ambulances. This article profiles six of them, including Tulane University EMS of Tulane University, Longhorn EMS of University of Texas, RIT Ambulance of the Rochester Institute of Technology, University Volunteer Ambulance Corps of University of Maine, CWRU EMS of Case Western Reserve University, and UMEMS, University of Minnesota. With a call volume of more than 550 a year, Tulane University EMS and its two ambulances are busy keeping the students and staff at this New Orleans University safe. According to Administrative Captain Cade Herman, they have 54 members, 44 of whom are certified EMTs. They recruit new members each year through an application process and provide NREMT training to those who are not certified. Dispatched by university police as part of their emergency system, the Tulane unit operates at a BLS level, but the medical director who supervises it allows crews to carry epinephrine, naloxone, aspirin, and albuterol. They are funded through Student Health Services, which charges all students an annual fee through their tuition to fund campus health care. According to Herman, there are many strengths to the organization. Most of us enter this organization with little to no experience or knowledge about EMS, he says. Through the learning curve, we find our way together, spending countless hours training on each other and then working with real patients. As we grow, we begin to train our fellow members both on and off calls, reinforcing our skills and relationships. This student-led learning component is what is most valuable to me because it fosters personal growth that extends beyond membership in the organization and facilitates the close bond that makes us one of the most tightly knit groups on campus. To read more, visit emsworld.com and click on the magazine tab on our homepage for the digital version of our November issue. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this article and hundreds more like it at emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And see you in Vegas, September 14th through the 18th, 2020, at EMS World Expo.